Hello and welcome to the Trail and Adventure Motorbike Podcast with me, Clive Barber, and my good mate, Noel Tom. For the days when you can't ride your bike, there's always the Trail and Adventure Motorbike Podcast. Noel is still on holiday. Well, at least he was when we actually recorded this. He's is back now. I'm editing it several weeks later. So instead of Noel, we've got Mark Derry from the Lightweight Adventurers. And in this episode, we're talking to Magnus Jorensen about his Iron Butt adventure, which he did earlier this year. So this is part two. We recorded one a few months ago when we talked about his preparation. Apologies for the slightly sporadic episodes recently. My real job is conspiring against me, but hopefully things are going to be um, calming down a little bit over the next few weeks. We've got plenty of episodes coming up, really great people. I've even got a couple already recorded. I just haven't had time to edit yet. So stick with us. We'll be back to full strength any minute now. So, yeah, Noel's on his way back now, but he's been in France for a month on holiday. Oh, really? Yeah, just riding around France with his um, girlfriend, lady partner wife, as he calls her. Sounds nice. Is he actually back in UK now, is he? I think so. He was at the fair. He posted something at the ferry port yesterday. So I guess he's either home or on his way home. I mean, it's a good ride from, from Dover up to here. It's 350 miles or something stupid like that. So he might not be back yet. But So Mark, Magnus, Magnus Mark. Hey, Magnus, Hi. good to meet you. You too. Yeah, Magnus, um, one of our amazing listeners who had a story to tell back in... I think it was in May, maybe. Because you, I think you, you were doing your first attempt in May, weren't you? And you yeah. postponed it to June, and and we'll tell that story in a minute. But yeah, so Magnus came through. I'm going to do this thing. I said, yeah, great, let's talk about it. And, and it kind of fit. We were doing some other th- stuff with S- Scandinavian people too at the same time. Yeah, exactly. We never actually finished that. We did a Norway edition and we did a Swedish edition, but we didn't do Denmark and Finland. So we may come back to that at some point. And also penciled in to to join the podcast tonight was do you know Thomas Hansen? Don't know him personally, but I follow him now. Follow him on uh, Instagram and so on. Yeah, he was penciled in to come and do this before Mark was. Mark was my second choice, but oh, <laughs> yeah, <listen>. bridesmaid, you know. <laughs> but only because Mark's done it before, and I was kind of taking it in turns. Really, I, it was Jamie actually was going to be my first choice because they made me feel so bad about asking Mark and not Jamie before. When you say they made you feel bad, don't oh, sorry, yeah, me yeah, in Jamie that. made me feel bad. <laughs> I don't think he gives a shit really. <laughs> Thomas said yes, and then he, he found out he was looking after his kid on his own tonight, so he um, he pulled out. But I'd, we could have we could have done a Swedish version. I think he speaks Swedish as well. Or is there like a Viking language that you all talk? Yeah, but nobody knows it. <laughs> have you got a drinking horn down there or something, Magnus? Are you just going to start slamming the tables? And exactly. We, amazing we, beards and. We we talk with that uh, kind of uh, like body language. We we slam big <laughs> horns on the table. That's the way we communicate. Sounds incredible. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like Norwegian and Swedish are pretty uh, pretty close. Except if you go really far north in uh, Norway, it's kind of hard to understand what they say. But like Oslo, like the, the capital, the, the Norwegian they speak in the capital of Norway is easy for me to understand uh so yeah it's amazing i didn't realize that I'd pretty close it. like danish swedish and norwegian are, are pretty close finnish is like a whole nother a whole nother ball game it's yeah i can't understand nothing basically whereabouts are you exactly where where are we speaking from until? uh i'm i'm uh, in a the third biggest uh, city in in sweden called malmo uh, okay it's, it's down south pretty close to um 
pretty close to Copenhagen, actually. We have a bridge between Malmö and Copenhagen. It's just a 20-minute uh, train ride. Okay. So basically, we, we, we can ride from... Um, you, you could ride all year round, uh, except like no, November, December, January, February are pretty dark and uh, cold. But but basically, from March to October, you can ride here with with no bigger bigger issue. This summer was pretty yeah, pretty hot. It was thanks to global warming, maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not necessarily a good thing, is it? Exactly. I'm really sorry this has taken so long to get my ass into gear to actually do this because I know you actually did your first attempt in May and you've recorded something for us, haven't you? And I think yeah. it would be really good. I'll play that bit now and then yeah. we'll resume the podcast afterwards. So this was basically, well, you tell us what it was. You you, you did your first attempt back in, in May or did you change it to June? We, we did a first attempt in May. I can't really re- remember the date. 27th. Yeah, 27th, yeah, roughly. <laughs> Somewhere around 27th. It's 8 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the 27th of May, we were really stoked to do this. And um, then suddenly, when driving on the highway, I crashed with a duck like a bird so we decided pretty pretty uh, fast that we should uh, postpone and do it in another day and and the weather was pretty shitty as well so that, that it, it was an easy choice to just say oh fuck it let's do it another time hey yeah. magnus tell tell me tell me that the duck hit you in the head and that you should have ducked is that a, is that an example of british humor no <laughs> there was no humor there you might say that yeah <laughs> right let's listen to the clip and we'll come back to you in a minute So I was uh, asked by Clive to give a short update regarding the um, Iron Butt Challenge. Me and my two friends were about to do in anime. I want to tell you a little bit about what happened. Our date of uh, departure was set to the 27th of May. But the weather in the last couple of weeks has gone from amazing to raining constantly for several days in a row here in Sweden. It was raining the days before, so we decided to do the ride one day earlier than planned. We met up at a nearby petrol station at 3 o'clock in the morning and did our first filling of petrol and then rode off. After about an hour, we drove on the motorway and it felt pretty good. While cruising along at motorway speed, we me in the middle, Tobias up front on his 790 ADV and Zacharias behind him on his 701, things were about to go to the opposite of feeling good. I can see Tobias pass something on the motorway and when I get closer, I see that across the motorway, two ducks are walking. I need to make a rapid decision. Either I brake, which is not ideal due to the wet tarmac and the speed I have, so I decide to go for it and hopefully miss one of the two ducks. When getting closer, I realize it will be some kind of collision, so I firmly hold on to my handlebars, and all I can feel is a big thump on my chest. At this moment, I've closed my eyes, and when I open them again, I can see that my windscreen is missing. Everything else in my cockpit seems fine. I speed towards Tobias, and we turn into the closest parking spot. When I get off the bike, I feel that I'm pretty shaky. Closer inspection of the bike and me... Uh, we are both okay there and in this moment uh, we make the decision that we will cancel the attempt to do the iron butt for this time. To ride for such a long period of time without any proper windshield would be just painful and not fun, fun at all. At this moment we're just 100 kilometers from home so to uh, turn around is a pretty easy decision. So basically a fucking duck they managed to make us turn back home and to not 
be able to do our, our iron butt for this time. But to put it in perspective, this is my first roadkill uh, in on a motorcycle since 2004 when I got my license. And we are more than ready to give the iron butt another go. We have already set a new date and it will be on the 21st of June. Hopefully, the weather will be a lot better. We had a vision in our minds of us going on a motorway early morning, seeing the sunrise, but instead we rode just in grey, dark rain weather. But until then, everyone who's listening, ride safe and look out for animals deciding to cross roads everywhere you ride. Thank you. Let's wind back to you, say, what, what kind of a duck was this? Was it a... What sort of ducks do you have out there? Um... I don't know what 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 it's called in English, but you know it's the kind with like the the female is all grey and the male has like a green head. Oh, like uh, a mallard. I don't know if it's called that. Yeah, but yeah mallard. Kind of like it's got yeah, I've got like magenta or purpley wing bits and exactly. Oh, exactly, oh it's a mallard. Yeah. Hey, that's yeah. a sizable duck, isn't it? It is. We I googled it. They can weigh about like. Up to, that's the one exactly i don't know if i hit the, the male or the female though i don't know i couldn't i couldn't really see did you kill it <laughs> or did it flash green or did it flash brown you know <laughs> i think i killed it i would i would have definitely fucking killed it afterwards bastard yeah uh, <laughs> we, I, I, I just I, I did i didn't look back if i say so i just we, we drove on and took the nearest like exit then we talked about it and Zacharias, my friend who was riding behind me he said that all all he could see he, he saw like the bird lift off and then he could see a big cloud of feathers and wow. then he, then he thought oh shit is it falling off no i just kept on going for like 100 more meters then stopped and then we talked about it and what sort uh, of speed were you going I, yeah. I was maybe about but it was motorway speeds but maybe 100 and i got the feeling that when i when i saw them on the way it's you, you know the feeling when you ride your bike and you see um a bug coming towards you you can see it but you can't re- react to move your head you see it coming and then poof it was the same feeling, but with a duck instead. Yeah, that must have been quite an impact, because you know when an insect hits you in the face, you can feel it. So a, a duck crashing into your chest must have been quite hard. The thing that saved me was that it, uh, it, it, it did hit the windscreen first, like the fairing, and then bounced. Up. I think it bounced on my chest and then just along to the side of the road. But but since yeah, hundred k's from home, uh, bad weather, it was pretty easy to say, yes, yeah, let's not do it. And I think the other guys were pretty shaken as well because if it actually hit me in the head uh, who knows what could have happened mm. yeah so how did that conversation go then at the side of the road i remember when parking i um the other guys didn't quite tobias was riding first so he didn't quite understand what happened so I, when i um when we parked it took off my helmet and i said uh, and he asked me what, what happened and i said uh, it was a duck and he went what what duck yeah it was a duck i, I drove into a duck and then then he then he, then he told me you, you look really pale maybe you just sit down for a minute and take your breath and then it actually hit me that yeah it was a duck and it could have been a lot worse and then we said okay it, it took me like two minutes to say, I'm not doing this. I want to go home, take it easy. Let's just get another date and do it in a better, uh, in a better time. We actually stopped at the, uh, like on a gas station and talked maybe for like one and a half hours before we, before we went home. Just to, yeah, chill down and take a breath and just analyze it a little bit. If you're in a car hitting a duck, it would just be say it was a nuisance. You know, it might crack your windscreen or it might. Yeah. But on a motorbike, if anybody's ever hit a bird or anything, any sort of like tiny bird, 
on a bike, it's a right weight, isn't it, to hit your it is, it is. chest. Yeah, I've, hit, I've had a pigeon hit my shoulder and it's it's a thing, you know, yeah. let alone a duck. I'm quite happy. There were, there were like no guts, no feathers, no nothing on the bike. So I'm quite happy that I was like covered in duck blood and stuff all over. <laughs> I, I was pretty clean. So that, that was good. It's probably worth reminding people what we're actually talking about here because we're talking about your iron butt attempt. Yeah. Just to remind people, the iron butt, I'm going to do it in miles, is you have to ride a thousand miles in 24 hours or if you're in Europe, and I wish we were, you'd have to ride 1,600 kilometres in 24 hours. So simple maths, you average 42 miles per hour over 24 hours or 67 kilometres per hour over 24 hours. So it's not not an insignificant undertaking. One of the things we talked about back in uh, season two was that you spent a whole evening planning, planning your route once you got back onto actually completing the Iron but. Did you actually stick to the plan? I think that the words you used were plan the ride, ride the plan. That's like the the holy oh, words yeah. of the Iron Butt Association. That's and, and we, we actually did. We we stuck to it pretty exactly. And I think to be able to do it, you have to stick to the plan at one hundred percent. Because if you don't, if if you like do some some small adjustments on the road, um, time will just disappear. Time is basically the only thing you have to care about because um, we did it in 22 hours and 35 minutes. So we only had like one and a half hour to spare and it feels pretty much. But, um, you know, when you stop, even if you like have actually trained to do like your gas filling and you have to take the picture of the receipt and your uh, odometer, 10 minutes is easily gone easily and if you start talking maybe taking a stack or something 20 minutes is in an yeah. eye, eye blink it's you have to be really disciplined when you when you when you have your stops so so yeah. educate me a little bit here magnus because i've heard of the iron butt i'm, I'm yeah. well aware of what it is but but what i'm not aware of is it's there there seems to be a wider organization on top of this which monitors it and then awards you something or exactly yeah what is that what does that look like is that a website is that a commercially run thing what I think it, it, it started in uh, the US, of course, everything mm-hmm. big started, starts over there. So I think uh, there are like in every country, there's a sub subgroup or what you can call it. And uh, in Sweden, we have like ironbutt.se, which is the, yeah, the Swedish address. And it's actually um, a small association in Sweden with like, um, it's, it's pretty organized. It is. And, and, and what the, do you get for having completed it? I actually got a diploma. And I got a sticker and a, <laughs> a patch to put on your jacket. That's uh, pretty cool. And and the best thing on on the website actually, I'm I'm in the Hall of Fame. Like they can say <laughs> in in on 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 a specific date, Magnus rode his Africa Twin for blah blah blah. And it's and I actually got a member's number in the International Iron Butt Association. I think it's eighty two twenty three or something. I, I can't remember it exactly. But you, you become a life lifetime member of this association. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Okay. But there's no monetary reward or anything like that. It's it's purely just down to recognising an achievement. Yeah, it just costs money, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coming back to the plan, you obviously had to work out a route beforehand. What type of roads were on the route? Was it mainly highway, motorway, whatever you call them in Sweden, or, or were you sort of A and B roads? How did that work? We had the plan that in, in the beginning, the first two hours we drove a uh, highway just to like get the feeling of going somewhere 
to, to we actually like get get some progress. And after that, we we changed to a little bit smaller roads. Like the speed limits in Sweden are 50, 70, 90, and 110 in kilometers an hour. Highway is 110. So we we started with 110 kilometers roads, and then we went to basically 70 and 90 just to keep the flow going. But the 70 and 90 kilometer an hour roads in Sweden are a little bit more fun to ride. They can be a little mm. bit curvy. Goes so some goes like through small villages. You actually can see something and just don't just push on on the highway. But the last three hours were highway just to get home. In a perspective, those three last hours were the most terrible hours I have ever had on a motorcycle. They were actually yeah, it was not fun at all. So, but, uh, so I, I'm just sat here thinking after 20 odd hours of riding, you did three hours on a motorway. Yeah. And, and all that's going through my mind is that sounds really dangerous and it shouldn't be condoned. That's the thing that the, the Iron Butt Association really puts. The thing is, when, when you make your route, uh, we did it in Google Maps, you get an estimate of how long it should be, of how long time it should be ridden. And um, they actually check that if you do some like some parts too fast, but because when when you when you send in your like your your log, you have to take your t- time when you when you when you fill up petrol, you have to uh, photograph your odometer, and they can actually calculate if you were going too fast. Hmm. So if if you're going too fast, they can um, basically say no, you're not qualified. So it's all about safety. It is. But I would, I was just thinking you would be really tired at that point, and then you're sitting at 110 on a a dual carriageway, you know, a a, a double road. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. But you know, Red Bull and coffee, yeah, yeah. <laughs> keeps keeps it going. <laughs> it, it does. Like other energy but, drinks might be available. I've no idea. Yeah, but but we when we the last three hours, I think I down like two Red Bulls and a big coffee, so just to keep on going. And then you have mm. to the thing that saved saved us in the last three hours where there was um they they rebuilt some 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 parts of the road so you have to you had to slow down and was 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 actually standing still for some time and that keeps your mind yeah you have to concentrate you have to drive slow stop start and that i think that saved us to be honest the last three hours weren't that safe to be honest but we did it and that's the main purpose presumably that within those tight time scales there's no time for you to take 20 minutes rest or a nap you just have to keep riding the whole 24 hours yeah as a, we, we we did like this we, we had the we had a schedule and we said ride for one hour 10 minute break like fill gas uh, have a light snack and then we had some parts when we rode for two hours and after those two hours we had 20 minutes break one of the guys made a like a detailed schedule of the schedule on the minutes so we could actually say oh are we behind or are we like time on our side so at some parts, we were actually ahead of schedule, so we could oh, we can take five more minutes here, and that was really helpful to have those extra minutes just to uh, take a small rest. One thing we did that we read on I read on a forum was that when you have a break, you don't sit down; you stand up when you have your break, and I think that saved us as well because you sit down so much. So if you're eating, if you're talking, if you're doing anything, stand up. And that was a good thing because if you sit down, you get tired. But if you stand up, you yeah, sure. still have to. And just running around like on a parking space, doing some jumping jacks or whatever, just to get like 
get get the blood flowing. It it helps. One of the things you mentioned was that you did quite a big ride in preparation for this, and you said you after a certain number of miles, you kind of get into a zone and you actually start to feel really good. Did, did that happen on the on the actual event? It did, and and I I, I must say, if I didn't have my, like my cardio and be able to listen to music and podcasts, uh, it would. Any particular podcasts you listen to? <coughs> I, I didn't actually listen to the trail at adventure motorbike <laughs> podcast but why'd you I look at your notes then magnus <laughs> <laughs> but i i, I listen to a lot of british music i i used to be like a brit pop fan back in the 90s so yeah, a lot of oasis it. stone roses and so so keep me kept me going it did i guess i was going to ask about the mentality of it as well you know because you've been on a bike for so long I guess I'm interested in two parts. Firstly, once you completed the challenge, did it did it kind of cement your place mentally as a as an endurance biker or as a more of a biker than you were beforehand? Or did it you know did it change your mentality towards motorcycling in any way? I think it changed my mentality. So actually, this weekend I was out riding with some friends and we had to go one and a half hour, and it felt like nothing. But my friends would say, oh, my God, I have to take a break. And I, it felt like, no, it's nothing. And then they put it in perspective and said, I can't believe you were, you were on your bike for 22 hours and 33 minutes. Yeah. And when you put it in perspective, it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I feel, I think mentally, I've never, I have never done like a marathon or something like that. So to be able to do this was kind of a big thing for me to actually do it and feel I felt pretty proud afterwards. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, it's like but, a real, you're part of a club, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. You know, in done some it. way. But it, the first thing that almost everyone says when I say they have, when I tell them that I have done an iron butt, they say, that's just stupid. You're such an idiot. Why? <laughs> I read somewhere, you know, like the guy who climbed Mount Everest the first time, he got the question, why do you climb Mount Everest? Because it's there. So I think... Why do people run marathons and Ironmans and stuff? Because they can, and it gives some kind of, you know, gratifying feeling, I guess. Well, if I can jump it, so I've run one marathon in my life, and I don't like running, but I run it, <laughs> so at the end of it, I could hold the medal and say, when people are talking about it, I've run a marathon. Yeah. Oh, did you run that marathon? Yeah, I run the marathon. So does this ever come up in conversation, you know, when somebody says, oh, I've got to ride six hours to get to, you know, France, wherever it might be six hours from you guys, you're like, ah, six hours. When I rode the the iron butt, does that have a, is that a conversation ever or along those lines? Uh, the bragging it, rights, maybe, uh, may, maybe a bit. Um, <laughs> I sometimes use it when uh, talking about like, oh, should we go on a like a weekend ride? Yeah, we could. Well, oh, it's it's like three hours ride to get to good to the good parts of gravel, and I say it's nothing. Just do it. Did you or any of the guys have any dark moments and thoughts of giving up, going home again? I think like the last three hours were uh, the worst. I think it was. I don't know why, but it, I started to when it was so close to the finish. I started to think about what if what if my bike breaks down? What if there's something some problem? It, it worked flawlessly. And to, <laughs> I have to point this out. Uh, Tobias, one of the guys riding uh, the KTM 790, he wanted me to uh, specifically say that uh, the KTM worked flawless. <laughs> No issues, no issues whatsoever. Because he never had time to put the side stand down. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what about the, the, the Husqvarna? Was that okay as well? The Husqvarna worked flawlessly as well. It, well, it's a KTM which husky, rebrand. Which husky, and, uh, which husky did you take, sorry? Uh, 701. Oh, it was a 701, yeah. But it, had like, it has like a rally fairing to uh -huh. take uh -huh. most of the air away. 
And did you have so, option of any other bike before you went, or was it always going to be the AT? Almost AT, yeah. Yeah. I have an XR six fifty R, and do it on that one would be just suicide. It could, could not be could not be done. Did you get any any additional comfort seating arranged, or no? I actually didn't. Didn't. I, I know we talked about you know um, the last time about the people putting uh, sheepskin and thing on on the saddle. I actually did not. Since since the duck took away my uh, my fairing, I bought a small, uh, a slightly taller one. And I got from Amazon, like, you know, the small deflectors you put on top. That was pretty amazing because I had some, when I just put my head down a little bit, I had absolutely no turbulence whatsoever. So that helped a lot. They're such a comfortable bike to ride, aren't they? I, I, yeah. I'm a massive um, um, fan of a, of a little bike, of a light bike, but I've got to admit an AT really appeals to me, you know? I can really see the appeal when you're doing something like that. It's like a bus, basically, it is. Yeah, yeah. You just sit there. To talking about like the seating comfort, uh, actually coming home after the ride, the butt weren't the baddest part, pain-wise. Neck and shoulders were killing me, and my hands were also, uh, also killing me. I, I remember the, uh, the day after I was about to lock my door, and I couldn't like grip the key with my thumb. It was all wow. I, I have no. My fingertips were like itch, not itching, you know, like that tingling. Yeah, tingling. Yeah, that tingling Pins feeling. Pins and needles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine who is a doctor, I, I talked to him, and he said if if it doesn't get better, that there's a small risk that maybe some nerve has been damaged in some way. So I just took a few days, and then then like the tingling disappeared. But it's neck and neck and shoulders and um, fingers were absolutely the worst. Talking about like comfort, I had two pair of gloves with me. I started riding with, we rode off in the middle of the night, so it was pretty cold. Uh, I started riding with, you know, big bulky winter gloves, Gore-Tex style. They're ugly, but they're pretty, I think that there's, oh, this is a question I have to ask you English guys. You know, the, the brand Climb? Do you say Climb? Most people used to say Klim, but it is, we know now know it is Climb. Yeah, we, we, we say Klim in Sweden and we actually had like a standing joke about how, how do you pronounce it? The same with the Italian brand, you know, um, Acerbis. Um, yeah, I'm still not sure on that one. <laughs> I still go Acerbis. Acerbis, yeah. And I have some heard some guys saying Acerbis and I don't, yeah. But anyway, so th- those clubs were comfortable, uh, great for like the first one, but when you have gloves on for such a long period of time, you actually start to feel every little seam, every little like bump in the. You, you feel you feel everything. So then I changed. I just bought the, the Adventure Spec Dirt glove, like really thin gloves. They were nice awesome for a yeah. while, but then after a while, you can feel like stitching getting there. So I changed to the Climb gloves and I changed it back and forth just to kind of. You, not, you, not you know what's it. dawning on me just having. You're speaking just about a few things here. Is a 24-hour ride might just seem an over with over the weekend thing. You know, you could set off at midnight or, or whatever time. It's it's literally 24 hours. It seems like a relatively short flash to bang. But yeah. the reality of it is, you're preparing for a, maybe a week or two weeks beforehand, unless you've done any preparatory rides as well. You do the ride over the weekend, and then it sounds to me like you suffered maybe for a week or two weeks or longer afterwards so it's it's maybe already a three or four week process just to do the ride alone is, is that a fair assessment it's not a flash and bang thing no it's not yeah you have to i think the biggest part is mentally to actually prepare to think about it and and to kind of brace yourself that this is going to be tough and uh, i read all, all all like forum posts i've read about darren but everybody said it's, it's not a like walk in the park it's it's hard uh, and prepare for it to be really hard and i think with that mindset it made it 
quite easier. And you know, there's people who, who have done it on like 125s, 125 cc mm. and um, motorcycles. And I think if they can do it, I can do it. I had that mindset all the time. If, if it's not if people have done it, I can do it as well. So. And the fact is, you're doing it for fun, and you're paying for that privilege. You know, and yeah. that's got to resonate as well, hasn't it? You, nobody's forcing you to do it. Exactly. So exactly. that changes your mindset as well. If you can go like to the preparation part, because we we, we thought thoroughly about just like um, what kind of underwear do you use? What kind of socks do you use? Like base layer and stuff. I actually went through all my underwear to find like the, the smoothest ones with no <laughs> seams that could like stitch into the butt or whatever. And um, the same with socks, you know, I had like pretty, pretty big socks, but really soft ones. Since you have them on for so long, it's they it, it has to be like perfect. I, I rode in. I have like Alpine Stars enduro pants with a kind of baggy. I, I took away like the the knee protection in those because I felt when I did some tries with those those pants that they actually nagged into my knee on 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 one point. So I took the, those away. All jackets and stuff. I just felt no n- nothing that. If if some if something starts to irritate you like the first hour, it will irritate you every hour after that. So mm. every small thing that could irritate you was taken away. I actually did a ride without like no knee protection. But what did you do for food? Because you were talking about protein bars rather than stodgy food that would make you tired. We we actually we all did we did all did uh, egg sandwiches. That basically this egg egg are good for you. It's it's like it, it keeps your stomachs full, stomach full. Snickers, gummy bears, all kind of small stuff to chew on. And then we stop to have like a you know a sausage at a gas stop or whatever. But basically egg sandwiches. But I'm curious about how much it costs, just in the rough order, you know, because it sounds expensive and. Yeah, so money-wise, uh, this is quite interesting because my AT has like dual carburetors, no in- uh, fuel injection, uh, fuel in- injection. The 701 and the KTM has has that. And and when we compare like the mileage, miles per uh, gallon per mile, so what do you call it? Yeah, the mileage of how much mm-hmm. fuel. Okay, this would be in like the metric system. So the KTM and the uh, Husky like 0.45 liters per hundred kilometers and my AT was 0.65 so almost two deciliters more than their bikes so I think I, I ended up paying the gas is so expensive in Sweden right now as well but I think I paid like 250 euros for the gas um, oh, okay not awful then no food was yeah you know not much the, to, to, to become a member of the club you have to pay a, like a, a fee it was uh, 45 euros so totally about around 300 euros maybe oh, okay that's not a bad price the, the other guys actually uh, paid less since their bikes didn't take so much fuel i actually thought that I, I, i'll get a better mileage but um no i did not what was the temperature then for the ride pretty pretty cool in the morning i think maybe around 13 14 Celsius midday around 18:20. It's pretty beginning of June, so it's pretty nice. good day. 18:20, and then it yeah it drops of course around maybe 12:13 on the evening and late night. It's not crazy cold though. So the three of you then, you're obviously quite good friends. You you know each other for quite a long time. There's no disagreements or arguments, and 
certainly when you're tired, things can be exaggerated. You all got on okay? We did. I think that's that's a, a thing that you have to have in mind because if you do this, you have to do it with people you can trust uh, because we had the deal that if somebody, if someone of us doesn't want to do it, we all jump out and no bad feelings about that. I think that that mindset helped us through. You know, when you ride with people, you, you, you get familiar to like the riding style. Sometimes I don't even have had to use my like turn signals to I just wave my head and I understood, okay, he's moving lane or whatever. So do it with someone you all just written like a, a small bit with would not be um, preferable. You have to do it with somebody who, have, who you trust and done it a lot. I think maybe in, in the late hours, because I, I remember like it was pretty dark clouds. So I said I wanted to get on my, my raining suit and I could feel like a small irritation from the guys when I put on my rain gear. It took, it took forever and they go, oh, come on, we have to like, the only time when I actually felt like, okay, I'm slowing the other guys down. But apart from that, no, just, just laughs and like pepping words to each other. It was. Mm. Were you all on comms in your head, headsets, in your helmet? Yeah, <laughs> this is quite funny because me and Tobias had, had like the cardio thing and uh, Zacharias, uh, he bought a cardio, cardio for this ride so we were able to talk to each other. But we started riding and we said, yeah, let's not talk for like the first first two hours because it's nice news to get, get into the zone and so. And we ended up not talking to each other at all for the whole ride. So he bought like the car to, to talk oh, to us, but we didn't talk at all. That's amazing. That's quite odd, isn't it? You know, you, you get into yourself, your inner, it sounds like uh, some kind of yoga, whatever, but you, you get into your mind in a, in a special way. And listening to music, listening to podcasts, it's, it was nice to, when, when you stop, you had something to, to talk about, to, to, to talk about. And um, sometimes I, I like the, like the quietness. I actually put, uh, like, I turned off my music for some while just to have like the, the noise and then put on music. It was kind of like um, like a treat. Okay, the the intercom has been silent. No music for uh, thirty minutes. Now you can enjoy music, and that's that's a pretty. You, you have to give yourself those small treats all the time to to bear with it. And you know, some people that's what they love motorcycling for. Yeah, I I, I teach mindfulness as part of my work. You know, uh, mental health yeah. and mindfulness. And um, a lot of people who come through my class would say. You know, motorcycling is a is a form of mindfulness. You know, we can just concentrate on what's in your mind and nothing else as long as you're watching the road, obviously. So I can really yeah. identify with that, you know. And the music is, is just another distraction. You think it puts you into a different world, but it doesn't. So, no, I totally get that. Absolutely. I've, I say that to a lot of people as well. It's like that. It's like a form of meditation because you have to concentrate so hard on what you're doing so you don't crash. Exactly. Yeah. That ev everything else goes from your mind and i think that's one of the main benefits of of motorcycling i think yeah you really have to be in the zone yeah and that's that's why i love motorcycling i think to live like the ordinary day life and just be in the moment so, uh, the following question is, is if you if you didn't speak with your two friends yeah therefore they probably weren't there for the majority of the ride in, in sort of surreal terms would you do it on your own would no, you have done it on no, your own no uh, no not at all because I, I think you need someone to actually like push on because um, at some points me and Tobias wanted to stay a little longer, have a little longer break. Then Zacharia said, oh no, we have to push on because the time is ticking and so on. You have to have someone who, it's so easy when you ride on yourself. Oh, it, there's a nice place. I can just stay and take a photo and whatever. And then suddenly time just keeps on going. So to do it on your own, not not for me. Also like a safety thing. If some if something happens, it's nice to be two more guys that could help you or whatever. A slight aside on the head the headset things. They're a pain in the ass to link, aren't they? Four of us were out the other weekend with 
new the new mesh technology on fairly new headsets and it works brilliantly and it's so easy to link you can link them on an app on your phone and that's it once it's done it's done you just chat away for the day really really good so if you are thinking of buying a headset or getting a new one get a mesh one brilliant yeah i, I don't yeah. you know i i don't have a mesh one uh to be as Sakeas has and i i don't so i i go with the bluetooth thing and to connect those three together was yeah i i recognize what you're saying it painted ass and then you didn't bloody use it <laughs> no exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah the iron butt thing has a range of different events or awards you can get uh, you get, would you do it again? Would you go for another one, a different one, different country? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's uh, the the other ones are harder, and uh, I think this would hard. This was hard enough. No, I I don't have like the. I have one iron button. That's good for me. I don't need need another one. Does it appeal to you, Mark? I was just sorry. I was just looking at that mesh. I'd never heard of it. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does uh, because. So Jamie and I have ridden our 250s all the way up to Sky and back, but we did it over 48 hours, and that was 1,400 miles with the around and about. So we obviously had a sleep in between, but I reckon, I reckon we've got the mentality to do it. So I do, I, I do see the appeal. Yeah, I really do, um, and I do it on my little 250 on my dirt bike, on my, on my trail bike. I would because I, I like the added challenge of it. Uh, it doesn't appeal to me at all, but that might be because of age and just general. What the fuckery? I absolutely love a challenge, and that's why I can see the the appeal that you saw in it. I, I love something that it's there, so I shall, therefore I have, and, yeah. and have a sticker on the bike to somebody go, oh, what's what's this? Oh, well, strap in. I'll, I've got a story here, mate. <laughs> There's probably like ice ice cream eating things you could do instead, or you know, man versus food challenges, or so you could sleep the longest, stay in bed for the longest time. <laughs> And, and you know what? I, pr- I probably wouldn't do any preparation either. It, stupid me. You, you don't know him, but my friend Jamie, we, we've done all sorts of walking and running events, challenges, yeah. and we've just gone, well, should we sign up for it? And then we, we've had all the best um, intentions of preparing, and then we, we don't. You know, We've done the Special Forces selection marches, and we've done marathon runs, and we've done 24-hour runs, and we've just gone, ah, oh, sorry, let's just turn up and see what happens. And invariably, it always works out, you know? So I think I think one day we'll probably just get on our bikes and, and have a go. Uh, I think that uh, the three of us are, um, we have a s- slight small OCD uh, thing going on because we really enjoy the planning part. I think the planning part was 70% of the fun, just to, to actually plan yeah. and think and do like lists and, okay, what you're going to wear, what you're going to bring and so ever. That, that was a big part of the fun for me as, as well. And just like, you know, I actually did some before we rode off. I um, trained to fill up gas the quickest. I, I like those to be mentally and prepared in every kind of way. And I noticed that even if you're fast, it takes at least ten minutes to fill up fill up your tank because you have to get off the bike, you have to put it put it in the card, and so on. And the added thing with Iron Butt is you have to have a, um, a paper receipt to prove that you were at the point where you actually fill up mm. your gas tank. And that receipt has to be photographed with your odometer, uh, and it has to be clearly to see where 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 it was, how many liters, how much it cost. And that's a thing that also a thing that you have to train because at one tank stop we actually almost forgot to do that. And if we had forgotten that one, 
maybe we couldn't get the certification. That would be a bummer, wouldn't it? Oh, sorry, mate. We've run out of um, till receipt paper. Yeah, actually happened when we started. the the first The first receipt is like the starting receipt, uh, and we did that did that at a pretty big gas station here in in Malmo. The receipt printer didn't work, so we had to go into the store and get the like the manual one. And we had we had to have like one individual and um, the, the woman in in the cashier. She, she didn't quite understand why we wanted. We were three per three people and it was so we had to have our specific so we have to like do a short yeah we're doing this thing it's iron butt and we need the receipt can you help us and i think at that moment we felt like minutes were just ticking we have to be we have to mm. be rolling but i mean you could have just sat for a longer period on the motorway at that point couldn't you yeah we could but you know we had our roots you know we had planned the ride and we were sticking to it so it's hard to you you cannot when you ride it to like sh- change the route on, on the go you have to stick to the the plan is that one of the requirements is it no it's not but it, you know since since we timed it we had like the estimate time on google maps and we thought that and everything takes longer than you think so we we needed really to stick to the route okay um, yeah i wonder if it'd be easier in the uk to do it because there's i mean the motorway network as long as there's no roadworks or crashes i don't know if it'd be easier and more difficult I saw your route going round in a circle. Yeah. But here in the UK, we, we've got a, a spinal motorway, the, the M1 and the M6. So you could literally go north, see what time you've got, go south, see what time you've got, come north, yeah. you know. It's, yeah. And it would be quite simple to do that, I think. Yeah, because you've got the serv- service stations on the motorway. But it, how boring and horrible would it be, though? It would be no fun, would it? I, the whole thing is to enjoy do enjoy the challenge and and that's a challenge would just be miserable but isn't that the challenge just to right i'm gonna i'm gonna smash this out i'm gonna i I see that almost as as another part of the challenge you've got me excited i might look at this yeah just do the motorways uh i i think this you you, your brain needs to have something else to look at than just a motorway that's why we chose to not go all all motorway and and when when we planned the route we actually thought of not going close to any bigger cities and uh, we tried to time it so we weren't in the like the rush hour at some moments just to avoid ev- queues and stuff that's also part of the preparation don't mm. go too close like to stockholm like the main capital it, it would be a horrendous horrendous thing to get in there because you you would lose so much time you had me saying no at egg sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I love an egg sandwich. Everything yeah. it points to. This is my fate. <laughs> you should do it. You should really do it. There's one thing I would like to add. To talking about just when when I read somewhere where like when when people were, um, have trained for something their whole life, like winning uh, Olympic gold or whatever, when they actually win it, they get a feeling of emptiness and it's kind mm-hmm. of depressing actually I, I wouldn't compare riding iron butt to winning a, a olympic gold but i remember when we came back to the starting point and finished it all we all were like kind of yeah we did it so yeah good what's what next? next yeah that that kind of feeling and it felt kind of odd you know being pre- preparing for something so long doing it coming home and feeling oh okay that's it quite odd feeling and a natural question whether it's in the podcast or not i don't know but What's next? Um, I'm a, a two two little girls. I work work full time. I would like to go to Scotland and ride there. I would like to ride like the North Coast 500 just for fun. 
no no yeah. challenges or whatever just just enjoy i don't have any like motorbike challenge ahead of me i, I just want to enjoy it now july next year come over to the uk ride the nc 500 come and stay in the lake district and then we'll go down to the lightweight adventurous festival which is Mark and James' oh. festival, which yeah. is really good fun. I've heard it's incredible, Magnus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like good fun. I, I have to do it on the AT, though, but, but that's maybe not so lightweight, but uh, but still. That's all right. We're not prejudiced. We're judgmental, yeah, yeah, but very not judgmental, obviously, yeah. But... <laughs> it's, it is a Honda, though, so it's I think it's allowed. Got a couple of questions for you logistical question just whilst i've got somebody from scandinavia on the call actually yeah so so jamie and i intend to ride all the way up to nordcap next year yeah uh probably head over to norway but but dip into sweden in parts but but we're looking at timers have you ever been that far north i haven't uh, uh, i had I find a plan... it really hard to get a to get a definitive when the weather is at its better option you know, I'm here in June, July is probably okay, but you could maybe yeah. go, uh, you know, April, May, it might be, you know, I'm just really getting I, mixed feelings. Yeah, you know, April, May would, you know, it's still cold up there. I think June, June, July would be better. Uh, the thing is when it's uh, warm outside up north, the mosquitoes are... That's what I'm hearing, yeah. Yeah, that, that's Same not Scotland. good at all. I'll uh, put you in touch with Thomas, who lives in Norway. In fact, if you haven't listened to his podcast, you listen to it because he basically says, don't go to fucking Nordcap. Go and do the Lofoten Islands and there's much better places to go. But you want to do the challenge, don't you? Part of it's the challenge, yeah, exactly yeah. that, you know. It's like two and a half thousand miles from here. And, and, and I think if, if you do, like, Nord, Nordcap is, like, something you, you want to do. But I think, just as you say, Clive, like, Lofoten and the things up there are much nicer. Like, Norway mm. and, yeah. Lofoten, sorry, I said Lofoten. Lofoten, nice. Lufthuten in, in Sweden. But if 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 you're gonna ride up to Nordkap and you, you you come to Sweden, just give me a a hall. You can I, I can maybe arrange somewhere you can sleep. We have a, a community incredible. community garage if you want to fix something. Oh, or you whatever. could go to bike night. That'd be amazing. Every Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Every Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. So if if you want to come, just um, yeah. Oh, that's incredible! I, th- I, I think I follow you guys on, on Instagram, so I write you a personal messenger message there sometimes. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. Super. Oh, that's a beautiful. Thank you both so much, Magnus. Great telling thank of the you, story, you. Mark. Really appreciate your help. Great questions. You've inspired me, Magnus. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Speak soon. Take care, Cheers, mate. Mike, good night. See you soon. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Hey, listen, if you've enjoyed this episode, maybe consider becoming a Patreon for the podcast. Your support would be massively appreciated. Or if not, go to buy me a coffee. It's actually probably enough for a pint, actually, so you could buy me a pint. All right, nice one. See you next week. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate your support. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you really appreciate what we do, you could consider supporting us on Patreon or buy us a coffee. Links are available on our website, which is tampodcast.com, tampodcast.com, where we also have a limited selection of branded stuff. But either way, please keep listening and spreading the word. See you next time.